coming up to 8.17. The next time an Iran expert tells you they support the most crushing sanctions on the regime because they are the best way to support the Iranian people, be sure to ask them the last time they actually lived through something like this. That's the advice of Jason Rezaian, a writer for Global Opinions who served as the Washington Post-Tehran bureau chief from 2012 to 2016, living there under US-led sanctions then. And with sanctions reimposed by the Trump administration going into effect yesterday, Mr. Rezaian joins us on the line to discuss how this will affect the lives of ordinary people. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Can you start by telling us what the immediate effect of these new sanctions will be on, on everyday life? Well, it'll, it'll play out over a period of weeks and months, but the first, uh, the first reaction, if it was anything like uh, it was in 2012 will be uh, a bit of shock. Um, at that time, the Iranian currency, the rial, took a huge dive. Uh, it's done that recently over the past several weeks, losing much of its value, about 70% of its value from, from the past year. Um, there's been a slight correction uh, in, in, in that regard, but they're not going to be able to do uh, international transactions in the U.S. dollar, which will make it very difficult for Iran to do any sort of uh, international commerce which could lead to shortages of goods, medicine, uh, and generally, um, you know, cutting off and isolating Iran even further from the global economy than it already is. In your article, you even claimed that people will be so desperate they might sell their own organs, like a kidney, for example, if they have two healthy kidneys available. Iran is one of the few countries in the world where uh, where selling your own organs is, is uh, something that you can do legally on, on a, uh, a semi-official market. And we've seen in other periods of, of time when, when there was an economic crunch that, that folks in the lower class were ready to, to sell a kidney very quickly. And, uh, you know, that, that seems to me uh, to be the sort of desperation uh, that can resonate with anybody. I mean, I, I understand donating a, an organ uh, to somebody that needs one, but selling one because you have to to, uh, to make a little bit of cash seems like a pretty tough spot. The suggestion here is that Iran will be so badly hurt because it will be removed from the international financial system, but countries like the UK, like France and Germany could well continue to stand up against the US move. Will that not lessen the blow? It could, but as we're seeing with some major European companies in the last couple of days, they're already pulling out of of the Iranian market because the American government has basically said, you do business with Iran or you do do business with us. You choose. And obviously, uh, the United States is the leading economy of the world, and, um, you know, large multinationals do not want to risk uh, being cut off from the United States. I do think in the long term, um, you know, the European governments and companies, the UK as well, uh, will look to uh, continue uh, relations with Iran commercially as well as diplomatically. Russia and China as well are looking at this as a great opportunity for themselves to, to sell their goods and potentially buy oil. Iran, although uh, Iranian oil is supposedly going to be shut off from international markets uh, by these sanctions, China is already saying we're not going to do that. We want to buy China, uh, Iranian oil. So you know, I think a lot remains to be seen, and part of the reason that the Obama administration's sanctions in 2012 and 2013 were were effective 
to the extent that they were, was because there was buy-in from international partners and adversaries like Russia and China. Yeah, again, I mean, your your own assessment that you wrote about goes all the way from selling organs to drug addiction to just the general way in which social media has has been a, an important outlet a rare outlet for expressing frustrations how all these things can be stifled under sanctions under the crushing financial weight what was it actually like for you to work there for 4 years as a foreign correspondent and bureau chief well it was it was very uh taxing at, at times i i enjoyed the experience um, of reporting from a country where there were so few, few foreign correspondents able to do so, uh, permitted to do so. Um, but, you know, it's a fascinating country with a multitude of voices, and, and the people and the, and the, the government don't always agree on, on every third thing or even much. So it was, it was a special opportunity to report on underreported stories. Uh, but at, as you mentioned uh, in your intro, I was there during those, those crushing sanctions of 2012, and I saw the livelihoods and, and quality of life of people that I uh, came to care about uh, severely diminished, and, and I'm still in touch with people on the ground there, and they're very much concerned uh, about what these new sanctions will, will bring. I mean, I think that the hope was in 2015 when the nuclear deal between Iran and world powers was struck that they would be coming out from under the weight of these sanctions. And, you know, while the sanctions were removed and there was some financial relief, it didn't pan out in the way that many people had hoped. And partially, part of that is because Iran's government has not uh, proven to the world that it's a safe place for, for foreign companies and foreign investors to do business. But I think in the long term, the hope and the aspiration of the Iranian people has, has remained pretty constant for much of the past several decades, which is... We would like to be a part of the international community once again. If, if you, you know, read your history, Iran has been a country uh, for 2,500 years or more. And, uh, you know, this, this past 40 years is a, is a blip on the radar. This is a very well-integrated, well-trodden place that was uh, a central part of international relations. Uh, and now uh, people feel as though they've become part of a pariah nation uh, through no doing of their own. Can you address a little bit further for us the regime itself because if if someone came on the air here and said that uh, sanctions against north korea weren't such a good idea they might be uh, accused of being a kind of kim jong-un sympathizer or something along those lines but it seems to me from your writing that you by no means are an apologist for tehran's regime look look i i spent uh 544 days falsely imprisoned uh, in an Iranian jail under uh, very ridiculous accusations that I was spying for the U.S. government. I've got no love for, for that regime, uh, and I would love nothing more to, than to see a, a secular democracy thriving in, in, in Iran, in Tehran, and into the, the smallest villages in that country. I just don't believe that uh, there's any anecdotal evidence to show that by sanctioning a country and forcing people into... Uh, very difficult circumstances, difficult circumstances that they already are in, and even more difficult uh, by by creating these sorts of economic hardships uh, and potential shortages and cutting them off even further from uh, the world community. At the same time, the U.S. government 
has placed a, a travel ban on people of, of several countries, uh, most notably Iran. It seems disingenuous to me that, uh, that, that this is being done to come to the aid of the Iranian people. And I don't think that, that the Trump administration has made that case. That being said, as you po- rightly point out, uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the regime in Tehran. And you don't think they will cave into this kind of pressure at all, the, the regime? Look, I don't, think that, I don't think that they will unless they have to, right? And it is a well-armed uh, state, uh, and it is an unarmed populace. So, you know, the, the hope or the, the desire uh, that, that people will be uh, so um, miserable in their conditions that they'll rise up and topple their regime, uh, while that might sound uh, good on paper to some, it sounds like a recipe for a lot of violence and, and a lot of innocent loss of life. So I, I worry about that. Uh, I also think that, that you know, there is, is a potential that, as with North Korea, uh, President Trump will uh, continue to, to make the offer uh, available to Iran's leaders that, that you know, he would talk with them. But internal politics uh, within Iran, something that, you know, as, as your listeners know, don't really exist in North Korea, do exist in Iran. There are, um, you know, a, a range of voices within a very uh, confined political space. So as an important distinction, we, we've got to leave it there. Jason Rezaian, yeah. Global Opinions Writer for the Washington Post now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on.